Our scripture reading this morning is from Psalm 95, verses 1 through 7. So it's Psalm 95, verses 1 through 7. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning again, church, and happy Mother's Day again. It's good to be here with you all this morning to worship our great God. Uh, wherever you're coming from this morning and wherever you might be, if you're joining us online, we're so glad that you're with us to worship together this morning. Now, you may not know this about me, but I really like to tell stories. And of course, the best stories are true stories from the Bible. Now, those of you who have joined some of our Zoom services, uh, you may have seen some of our Lego Bible stories. So this is Jesus being baptized in the river by John. And you can tell that that's John on the left because he's got that great head of hair. And that's Jesus. You can tell it's Jesus because the Holy Spirit's sitting on his head, right? And you can tell they're in the Jordan River. It's not too deep right there. It's about waist deep, the water on them. And if you know the story... John has been baptizing people in the river, and Jesus comes along, and he wants to be baptized. And John says, no, Lord, I'm not worthy to baptize you. You should baptize me. But Jesus tells him, no, no, this is, this is how it should be. So John goes with it, dunks Jesus in the river. Jesus comes up out of the water. The heavens open up. The Holy Spirit comes down like a dove, rests on Jesus. This is a divine declaration of Jesus' identity. The voice of God then speaks from heaven, this is my Son with whom I am well pleased. It's an amazingly powerful story. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all in this one miraculous scene. And also, it works really well with Legos. <laughs> so I'll be honest with you guys, when I read the Bible, I often read Bible stories thinking about ways that I can play with them. What is it about this story that is fun? What is something fun we can do with this story? The story of Jesus' baptism is not actually a particularly fun story. It's actually very serious and very powerful but it's fun when you tell it with Legos. Play and fun and joy can be found all throughout Scripture. They're part of who God is and part of God's story. But church isn't play or fun, right? Church is church. The amusement park is fun. The batting cages are fun. The trampoline park is fun. Um, the library even could be fun. But church is church. It's serious business. So what does play have to do with church and why Am I even talking about it? Well, the past few years have been hard. I think we can all agree. It's been two solid years and counting where pretty much everything has been hard. Everything. And although we've gotten back to some of our routines, some kind of something resembling life before COVID, things are still different in a lot of ways. And for one thing, 
a lot of us are just still tired. We're tired from the last two years of everything being hard. Two years. If you've got school-aged kids, it has been a roller coaster. Not to mention those people who are teachers, those of you who are essential workers, who have compromised health or vulnerable family members. It's just, it's been hard. And so let me start by saying it's okay to be tired. It is okay to be tired from carrying a heavy load, and play might be just the furthest thing from your mind. And we also tend to be busy people. We are used to dashing from one thing to the next, and actually with a lot of things closing, there were people, you know, when the pandemic started, there were people who said, oh, it's actually kind of good. It's good to stop and slow down. But we're getting back into that busyness of life. There's so much to do, a lot to catch up on, and let's be honest, here in the Northeast, there's a lot of pressure to be productive, right, to achieve and to accomplish things. We New Englanders are not known for our laid-back, easy rhythms of life. That's just, that's not what we're known for here. So as a result, play or anything that feels unproductive can feel like a waste of time. Sometimes we even feel guilty. There are so many other things we should be doing. And I can't tell you how many times that I've said that to myself. There are so many other things I should be doing right now. It's a constant refrain that goes through my head. And for most of us, there are so many things demanding our time and attention that letting something go or making time to do something that's not useful either feels impossible or it feels wrong. And even though we don't take time to play, because it feels like a waste of time, I would argue that we're actually very good at wasting time, but not so good at play. Have you ever heard the term doom scrolling? So doom scrolling is when you're just scrolling through your phone or your computer and you're just reading terrible news headlines and things that stress you out. Um, and I think a lot of us waste time this way. I think we waste time on social media, looking at how everybody else's life is better than ours. I think we waste time reading articles about nothing or articles that just stress us out and we can't stop reading them. Uh, we waste a lot of time. And usually when we're wasting time, it's not something we plan to do, it's usually something that we fell into doing in order to procrastinate or avoid whatever it is that we just felt like we needed to take a break from. But that's not play. And really, that's not even rest. That's not a healthy choice, don't do that. In theory, right, we believe in the importance of rest because culturally, self-care is an acceptable thing, that's encouraged as long as the goal in caring for yourself is always to refresh and refill so that you can produce more, right? You can't draw water from an empty well, and you have to fill up so you can pour into others. These are things I've heard so many times from people in the church. It's this pervasive mindset. We rest, ultimately, so that we can work more. It all circles back to work. And be honest with yourself. Is that how you think about rest? If you take a break, if you relax, if you do fun things, do you do it so that you can be more productive in the important stuff? What is the important stuff? Is it work? Is it school? Is it parenting? Life tasks? All these things, they are important. And we do need to rest occasionally in order to have the energy for the, quote, important stuff. But is that how it's supposed to be? Life is mainly work with occasional periods of rest so that we don't burn out? Maybe God knew that we would lean in that direction, and maybe that's why he commanded that we Sabbath. Our ideas about work bleed over into our ideas about Sabbath. We know we're supposed to Sabbath, but why? Are we doing it so that we find joy in the presence of God? Or are we doing it so that we don't explode? 
because those aren't the same thing. If you're taking out of a Sabbath out of necessity, that's actually like maybe a breakdown, right? We don't want to get there. We don't want to get to the point where we absolutely have to stop. That's not a goal. And if our rest and play is always a means to more work and productivity, then we're missing something. We're missing the purpose of play and fun and joy. Why should we play? What is our theology of play and why does it even matter? Now, believe it or not, entire books have been written about this. Doesn't that look fun? <laughs> it's yellow. And we all know that as soon as you put the words theology of in front of something, it becomes like 200% more fun, right? It's a great way to make friends. Like, you guys want to hear my theology of, I like name it, dogs, cars, whatever. Do it at parties. Don't do it. Like, past, <laughs> pastors ruin a lot of things, but <laughs> it's true, it's true. Play. I have a theology of play. But we should, but play should be a part of our theology. We were wired and created to play. We are image bearers of God. The God who created, the God who said creation is good seven times in Genesis. He said it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then he said it's very good. It's the goodest good. One Bible, the common English Bible, translates it supremely good. The best good there is. And then God rested. This is the foundation for the direction for Sabbath, right? We rest because God rested. But why did God rest and why should we rest? So that we don't burn out? Is that it? Did God rest because he was super tired? He was drained of all his godliness and he just needed some self-care, a little me time. He just needed to refill because you can't draw water from an empty well, right? So he needed to fill himself up. And we knew that God had a lot coming down the road, floods and all kinds of things. Maybe God rested because he knew how challenging people were going to be. But is that our God? The God who tires out and needs a break? No, the psalmist reminds us that our God never slumbers and never sleeps. Our God delights in his creation, even in us. In fact, especially in us. It is supremely good. When we think of God resting, I try to think about God, imagine God just uh, enjoying the supreme goodness of everything that he has made. I imagine God sitting back and delighting in creation. This is called a stargazer fish. Isn't that a beautiful name? <laughs> Who named it that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it was God. But God's creation is loaded with things that are fascinating and weird and sometimes even absurd and beautiful and breathtaking. God is funny. God enjoys fun. Where do you think fun came from, right? Every good and perfect gift comes from God. God delights in his creation, and we are his creation, and our God created us to delight in it as well. We are created for joy and fun and play. It's not lazy, and despite what our culture tells us, it is not a waste of time. It is part of who we are, and we're wired for it. God created us to rest and to delight in the world that he's given us. Now, everybody's favorite neighbor, Mr. Rogers, so that play is often talked about as if it were a relief from serious learning, 
But for children, play is serious learning. Play is really the work of childhood. Children learn through play, we know this. Even animal cubs learn through play, puppies and kittens and lions and tigers and bears. They're, oh my, they're learning how to be adults, right? Through mimicking and practicing the skills that they will eventually need. Our children also learn through play. They mimic adults, they learn gross motor skills and fine motor skills, they build their imaginations. But no small child ever thinks, I've got to work on my fine motor skills. I better go build something with my blocks, right? Children don't play because they're trying to learn. They play because it's fun and it brings them joy. Now, I have um, a lot of kids. I have three kids, but three can feel like a lot of kids. And my three kids are really good at play. They all have different personalities, and uh, they all play in different ways, but despite their differences in age and differences in personalities, they play really well together, which is great. That's a gift from God. Um, and it's like their common language. And my youngest especially is at that age where play is his job. It's, I mean, he's, he's like serious about it. He can race matchbox cars and build with sand or Legos and give voices to his construction trucks and come up with endless scenarios that he enacts with his toys. And one of the things I love most that I take joy in is watching him play. In fact, so at our house, we've been under construction, as you may know, for a long time, um, and we have some landscaping that needs to be done. And I have some empty flower beds that are patiently waiting for me to get my act together and plant something in them. But in my house, if you leave the flower beds empty for too long, this happens. There are cars, trucks, roads, bridges, there are Lego guys in there. They just took it over and built a whole mud city in the flower bed. And no one taught them how to do this. They're geniuses, right? No one gave them direction on how to flatten the mud to make roads or where to put the sticks or how to make a bridge. This was just spontaneous play, something they're wired to do because they're children. And are they learning? Sure, they're learning. They're using their imaginations, but they're also having fun. And not one of them said, hey guys, let's go outside and work on some engineering problems while we develop our imagination and our fine motor skills. They were just having fun. But we grow out of that, right? When was the last time you built a mud city in your flower beds? We grow out of that. Put aside your childish things, right? But is play childish? And is joy childish? Two different times in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus takes a child and he puts the little child in front of the disciples and he says, you must become like little children to enter the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. We usually think about this in terms of childlike faith, but what about childlike joy? So to borrow from Mr. Rogers, I would say play is really the work of Christians. Play is the work of children, but play is also the work of Christians. And that's because play is a declaration of faith in the promises of God. And I'll say that again. When we play, it's a declaration of faith in the promises of God. We have a God who loves us with wild abandon, who gave us a world loaded with extreme beauty, and even amusing absurdities, a God who created us to delight in the works of God, 
and the works of God's hand to delight in the bodies he's given us, the interests he's given us, the senses of humor that he's given us. But we're so tired, and everything has been so hard for so long. Are we really supposed to play while the world is a dumpster fire? That's, that's the Christian life, isn't it? We are living as redeemed people in a world that is not yet redeemed. We live in the already, but not yet. Play is a sign, a glimpse of a day when everything will be dripping with joy, when the work will be completed, when God's kingdom has come. Now, we know everything's not fine. Okay, We're not, we're not this guy. We're not going to live in denial. We know everything's not fine. But we also know that ultimately everything is fine, right? Because it's in God's hands. And everything will be fine because we know the end has been written. Play is a declaration of faith in the promises of God. It's not a waste of time. It's a prophetic act of faith. So practically speaking, what does that mean for us? Should you go home and build mud cities in your flower beds? I mean, it's not a terrible idea. Playing in nature is a wonderful way to connect with God. It's a great way. But it looks different for each of us. There's spontaneous play, which might mean for you laughing over a cup of coffee with a friend, or structured play, like a game of golf or gardening. We enjoy different things, and even those differences are part of the supreme goodness of God's creation. There's no wrong way to play. It can be anything that brings you both joy and rest. But note that I said both joy and rest. It's the joy piece that's important here. Your body might rest while you doom scroll or make unhealthy choices or whatever it is you do to waste time, but your soul finds rest in doing the things that bring you joy. Don't forget that, like Christina said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So what brings you joy? I was giving a talk recently about practical ways to connect with God, uh, and one thing I talked about was creating. For some people, being co-creators with our creator God really helps them connect with the Lord. And one person said, you know, I really like to scrapbook, but I always feel so guilty when I sit down to work on a project, like I'm just wasting time and I should be doing something more productive. But the next time I sit down to scrapbook, I'm going to put on some worship music and just spend time with God. And I said, yes, go scrapbook with God. If that's your thing, do that. That is not my thing. I don't find joy in crafting. And my kids needed costumes for a school project. And I told my husband that this is enough for, to make me switch schools because that's not my thing. Like, I'm like, we're out. I can't do it anymore. I don't enjoy it. But thank God my mother enjoys it. And so Grandma made them these amazing costumes. Thanks, Grandma. And I would say it even brought her joy, because that brings her joy. It's different for each of us. So for me, that's not play, that's work. But I like to write, and I like to hike. So what is it for you? What do you do that is just for fun, because it brings you joy? And if you're having a hard time thinking of something, that means you really need to play more. I can see you're all like, I don't know. You need... <laughs> You need to play more. Go play matchbox cars with God, right? Go draw, paint, run, do something completely ridiculous and totally useless with God and stop being so productive all the time. God rested and so we rest. 
But we rest as God did, not because God was exhausted and was trying to avoid burnout, but we rest to find joy in the beauty of creation and in the presence of God. We think about resting. Do you uh, remember the story of the transfiguration when Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up a mountain with him? They get to the top of the mountain. Jesus starts to glow, and then Moses and Elijah appear. Um, it's, a, it's a wild story, so I have a little bit of sympathy for Peter because he says a really dumb thing. He says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So Jesus is glowing. Two guys have been dead for hundreds of years show up, and Peter's like, this is what Peter says, let's build shelters and hang out for a while. But Peter was so overwhelmed with the goodness of being there. He said, it's good to be here. I just want to stay. I just want to hang out. When we're in the presence of the power of God, it's good. And that's what our rest should be like. It's not useless. It's not procrastination. It's not a silly waste of time. It's building shelters and hanging out because it's good to be here. We rest not because it will fuel us up to do more work, to be more productive later, although it will, but because God wants us to enjoy this amazingly, wildly, hilariously, wonderfully beautiful gift of life in this world that he has given us. And when you play, you are reflecting the joy of heaven into this world. And that's powerful. So play is a declaration. It is a prophecy in a broken world, and it's a gift from a God who loves us. And because God is so awesome, he gives us this amazing gift that also actually happens to benefit us. It's fun and it fills us up, and that is pretty cool. It's like when parents hide vegetables in the cupcakes. <laughs> so I hope that you listen carefully because the kids apparently are gonna quiz you. I hope you're encouraged to find more play and enjoyment in your own lives, not just because you need to fuel up, not just because you're exhausted, not just because you have more work to do so you better rest so you don't burn out, but I hope because God has created you to play and to delight in the gifts that God has given you. It's good to be here. It's supremely good. And through play, we declare the redemptive work of God to the world. And if there are veggies in the cupcakes, it's good for us, that's good too. So go today, beautiful spring day, in the name of Jesus, and have fun and play. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the goodness of your creation that is supremely good. We pray, Lord, that you would help us find ways to rest in your presence, to be filled with your joy, and to do things that fill us up and bring us joy and peace. Give us wisdom, Lord. Give us balance. Give us peace in your name. Thank you for the good gift of fun of laughter, of joy, and of peace. Thank you that your joy, Lord Jesus, is our strength. In Jesus' name, amen.